Hello and welcome to Peds' Game Shack uh, podcast. Uh, today I have a new guest uh, taking part, uh, Kurt9000. Hiya. How are you doing, dude? I'm fine, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, nice to have you on. Uh, I know you are into retro gaming a lot. Uh, we know you to specifically talk about a retro game that we've played together, but, you know, uh, I'm going to assume you've been playing some retro games recently. Uh, so we may hear about it. We may not. I I don't know. But uh, you, what's it called? Uh, we usually start the show with uh, games we're currently playing. Uh, so what games are you currently playing? I've been playing quite a bit of Wrestling Empire, um, which I've played loads before. But it's it's dead easy just to pick up and get into it again. It's I don't know what you know about it, but it's essentially made by one guy. It's a modern game, but it's made to be like one of the N64 wrestling games. All right. Um, I literally know nothing about it. I haven't played a wrestling game myself since probably the N64, uh, to be honest with you. That's probably the last one, because I'm, I'm not into wrestling myself. I'm not one of these people like, oh, wrestling's crap because it's fake. It's more, more my point of, it's just, I'm just not into it, you know? So, I used to think that it used to be a lot better. I'm not massively into it now. Well, that's I will enough. watch the odd bit, but I'm a sucker for the old Brett the Hitman Heart demolition, that sort of age, 80s, 90s. Yeah, to be fair, when I was younger, uh, around in the 90s, I did watch. I remember like staying up really, 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 really late to watch Hulk Hogan and Undertaker. So it was a long time ago, like 90s, I think it would have been. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. So, Wrestle... What's it called again? Wrestle... Wrestling Empire. Wrestling Empire. I was thinking manager then for a second. Wrestling Empire. So what kind of game is it exactly, then? Well, you basically pick a wrestler, and they're all old wrestlers, but they've changed their name for copyright reasons, so we're talking, like, Bulk Bogan, and you know what I mean, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, like they used to do with football games back in the 90s. Exactly. You One look at them and sort of 80% of them you can go, oh, that's supposed to be The Undertaker, that's supposed to be Kane. You know you know who they are straight away. And you can even go in and edit the names back into being the real thing. So, oh, that's cool. Um, but no, it's, it's weird because it's made by one guy. And although graphically it's N64 standard and the way it plays, the amount of things that can happen, you get news reports between uh, various events. And it can tell you that somebody's broken their leg or somebody's moved from one company to another. And you have to negotiate contracts with different companies. And the aim sort of to have the best wrestling career you can by like playing the field, trying to get the best contract, moving to a more popular brand and then to another more popular brand. And eventually you, you'll retire or sometimes you even die, strangely enough. And at the end, it'll go like, <laughs> yeah, you, you made 60 grand during your career. You held four belts. You were in three different federations. And I've seen it through to the end a couple of times, but it's just, you can pick it up and have a match in like two minutes. So if you're between things, you kind of go, yeah, I'll just have a quick go. So it's a, it's a perfect pick up and play game, get have a match. Jump off, play something yeah. else, and it's like then oh, sometimes back on again. Like sometimes you can find you've wasted an hour because you've done match after match after match, and then you think, oh, where did that hour go? So it's it's a sort of perfect mix. You can have it as long or short as you want. 
What uh, platforms is it on? As f- I play it on the Switch. I think that might be the only platform it's on. No, oh, that's surprising. Uh, it's not surprising that it's only on one platform. That does happen. Like, <laughs> but um, it's surprising that uh, like a lot of indie games. Then, because I'm assuming one dev is indie game. Uh, I'm a lot of the time they're on like the PC as well as the Switch. So um, I'll have to keep my eye out. It sounds interesting. It sounds like oh, there's it more to Steam. it than just doing stuff. Oh, this is it, sir. Wrestling Empire. Uh, yeah, it's on Steam, the Switch, Android, and Windows. Well, yeah, Steam is Windows, isn't it? But yeah, I'm assuming when it says Windows, it means Windows Store, maybe. Possibly, yeah. But yeah, I didn't. Uh, I, I haven't heard about Rare at all. I don't know if you've mentioned it on G Arcade, uh, but I, I literally know nothing about it other than what you've just said. Um, is there a, ros- uh, a big roster of characters then, or can, can you create your own? Is the management like. There's a big roster. This? I'd say yeah. there's about six or seven companies in it. The smallest company has a roster of about 20 wrestlers, and the big maybe 40, 50. All right. So, you know, you're talking 200 probably. Damn, and there is, is a, a mode which is. I think a form of manager mode, but I've never played it. Ah, right. But yeah, one guy made it. It gets updates where new things are added, and they're always free, so you can't, can't really complain. complain at that. No, can't complain at all. How, uh, how long have you been on and off with that game, then? Well, my current sort of go-through it, I've been playing it the last week and a half, and I'd not touched it for about four months before that, but I'd you know, I'd had a good month or so the last time, and then the other time I'd had a good month, so it's I definitely a... got my money's worth out of it, because I think it was about £15. I know it wasn't a tremendously high amount. No, that sounds well worth it, because at the end of the day, it sounds like it's got a lot of replayability in the general sense of you enjoying the game enough that you're going back and playing it more than once, not the sense of you play in it and then there's end game stuff that's added or something you know the, the well, I mean, I... original sense of replayability <laughs> <laughs> I think you know a game's doing a good thing if it can get you to come back and go through it again then you know you definitely liked it because otherwise you wouldn't exactly and there's just there's just games like I mean XCOM for me is another one you I'll complete XCOM once a year because You'll have nothing new you want to play, and you go, oh, well, I'll just play XCOM on. That's Fire it. Emblem, same thing. Yeah. I, I don't tend to replay a lot of games. I have replayed... I do replay them sometimes, but usually they're retro games because they tend to be shorter and quicker to just jump into and play for a bit. Uh, probably the most game I've replayed, even though it's not my favourite game, is probably Gunstar Heroes for the Sega Mega Drive. Yeah, yeah. Or Genesis so it's a good for game. any Americans listening. And it's not particularly long. I mean, it's not short, but it's a good length for its time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You can get through in about an hour if you you know what you're doing. Uh, that, like, obviously, the general public, general population then, general public, the general population of people are not going to complete it as quickly, but like speed runs are like, 
15 minutes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Probably faster. So, you know. I mean, that's one of those games where it commands quite a price now, doesn't it? If you get an original Mega Drive cartridge. Uh, I haven't got a clue. I, I've got it on, like, uh, Sega Mega Drive collections and the Xbox 360 and things like that. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's about a pound on Steam, or it's on, like, nearly every Mega Drive collection that's been made in the last 10 years. But if you want the real one, you're talking about £40 for a loose car and £80 plus for a boxed one, maybe, you know, 100 if it's good. Yeah, but see, it's not worth it for me. Uh, I'd rather just like I get collecting. I completely understand mm -hmm. it, but for me, it's it's not worth because I'd want to collect them, uh, not to sell them. So when you're like, no. oh, uh, this is a good investment. It'd be worth uh like a hundred pound more in a couple of years' time. I'm not going to sell her anyway, so it literally makes no difference to me. So I want to get things as cheap as I can because they're just gonna be waiting around until I play them again. Not sold off. So. The cheap way to play it on the Mega Drive is they brought out a multi-cart that was four games on one cartridge, and it's Flicky, Altered Beast, something else, and Gunstar Heroes. And I got that boxed, missing the manual for about £12. Oh, that sounds good. So, and Flicky's okay, and, well, Altered Beast I don't mind for a arcade conversion that's it's a time killer isn't it it's not wonderful it's not what you'd rush to the system for but it's all right <laughs> no i haven't played the arcade version of our altered beast and that's meant to be better but i don't know how accurate that is i haven't played the uh, arcade version it's um... a little bit better but i wouldn't run screaming to play it either yeah fair enough <laughs> That's a, uh, uh, for those who don't know, Kerr does reviews of things. Uh, currently doing a lot of Master System reviews for uh, arcade conversions. I know it's not the Master System. I don't think it's on the Master System. We could always do Altered Beast on the Mega Drive and compare it to the arcade version. Yeah, yeah, that's a possibility. So, why not? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a weird situation, isn't it? Where what we used to have in the house was so low powered compared to what you could find in an arcade. And now that's kind of why arcades have died to an extent because home consoles could do anything. The only way yeah. arcades have survived is massive hydraulic cabinets. And, you know, you've seen one of them, you've seen them all to an extent. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Um, the, trying to think if there's any arcades anywhere near where I am, and there just isn't. <laughs> the closest arcade of... to me is miles away, probably. Like, bloody, I don't even know how far away it would be. I, I genuinely don't know for one. We've got a couple of machines in a bowling alley, and it's a Terminator shooting game, and a Mario Kart, and um, one of them super bike machines. And then there's a few below a cinema, which you have to buy some kind of card for and you know you mm. don't, you can't put money in you have to buy like a prepaid card that you then push against the machines ah uh, i think so, there might be some in the in cardiff in the arcade vault i think they got a couple of arcade cabinets downstairs but don't quote me on that i think they've got like buster move and another game but i can't remember what so I was playing. I'm sure I was playing it on it when I met up with a couple of people uh, years ago. 
Uh, so, you know, maybe. I always used to get to Skegness for it, but again, you go to Skegness now. Last time I went, I was recording footage of every arcade machine I could find. But they were all light gun games and motorbike riders, and there was nothing that was a joysticks sort of thing. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, it's a shame. Uh, I used to enjoy, like, even over where the shops are, just literally over the bridge from where I am, the, the local main street with all the shops and that, there used to be a video rental shop. And in there, you could go in and they'd have uh, a lot of arcade games at the back. Like, I don't remember them all, but I remember one of the Turtles arcade games being in there. I'm not sure if it was the arcade, uh, Turtles, the arcade game, mm. or Turtles in Time. It was one of the two, and I remember playing that a lot. Also, there was a snooker hall just across that had Metal Slug in there, so you'd play. I'd play on that a lot as well. I know there used to be a working men's club near me that had, um, I think it was Fatal Fury in, and then there was a pizza parlour that had The Vindicators. I think it's called The Vindicators, or Violators or something. It's a Final Fight rip-off sort of game. Ah, right, I've never heard of it. The violin sounds a bit violent, like. Yeah, I reviewed the SNES version, but I can't remember what it it is off the top of my head. I'm sure it'll come to me the the minute we go off air as such, but <laughs> it it always happens that way. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, have you been playing anything else? Um, tiny bit of Fortnite, but I've reached the max level on that. You can, so there's nothing to unlock. So that's petered off. Ah, you got to level two hundred, have you? Yeah, uh, I'm at level ninety eight. I, I re only once did I get to le level two hundred, and that was for the Spider Man outfits, the Spider Man skins. Oh yeah, but I genuinely, generally just pass one hundred, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'll still play it occasionally. Like, I it's not long left till the end of the season, I think. Um, but... The rumors I've heard about the eighteenth. So, ah uh, right. Well, I need to get cracking to get two levels up because I'm at level ninety eight. I don't care about the rest of the stuff. No, to be honest, the last few are just weird colour variants, pearlized sort of versions of people you've already got. I wasn't that excited about getting them, but yeah. me and the missus were playing it with our nephews, and it was more about helping them play it and get them to Darth Vader. Yeah, and... no, that's, that's understandable. I used, I used to play it mostly with my children, but they don't play it as much as they used to themselves because, well... My youngest, who played it a fair bit, likes going out to play with his friends. Yeah. And my other child, who used to play it, seems to play more Minecraft now at the moment. So, I, you know, and then he, in the last week, he'll just play Fortnite to get to level 100 so he can get the next battle pass. Yeah. And I, I think <laughs> with them as well, it what will happen is, is dependent on the map. If the map is good and the stuff that's happening in the game is good, they will stick with it more. But I don't think they've enjoyed this chapter as much. No, I think the last one was better. Mm. I miss the tank and things like that. I don't know. It's... But I suppose that's the whole point of the game, isn't it? That you know it's nothing's consistent. Yeah. Sort of, it's always going to change. And I suppose that's how they keep it fresh and keep people coming back to it. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. I, I play it mostly now on a Sunday with uh, a couple of people. Uh, Matt King 85 who streams on Twitch. Mm. Uh, Cumber Danes, who's been on you and also streams on Twitch. And Ubelian, who has been on you and also streams on Twitch. 
I've I've watched more gaming lately because my missus has got into that new Disney. I think is it Starlight Valley, and I've been sort of yeah, sat back reading so. and watching her play that, and it it looks pretty good. I'll I'll, I'll have a go on it because it's obviously free on Game Pass, but she's playing it on the Switch. Um, she's had to restart it a few times due to bugs where things oh. have dropped on the floor behind cupboards and then you can't get them or characters have refused to talk to another character because they've like got locked in their programming or walking around and yeah it's in early access basically isn't it yeah so you're expecting bugs in that but it's, it's, it's bit... still annoying like uh, it's for... early access but you have to buy a at least 25 pound set of clothing and little animal and star points or whatever they call them to get on the early access so it you know it's a little bit dodgy in it when you're paying and almost bug checking it and for them yeah that's the problem with early access games you pay into it for a smaller amount than when they fully when they come out so like uh, uh for a, a game will come up for say 25 like said, but when the full release is done the 1.0 version the price might shoot up to 40 so you get it in for cheaper but you're basically paying to test the game and give them feedback it's a bit yeah. like mm. and it's, there's a few games like that and it's like uh. and also the game may never ever be fully finished and, and that's another risk you're taking same with kickstarter really it's like oh you can like i've backed a few games don't get me wrong and i think every single one that i've backed have come out um so it's that risk then of putting money but at least you get a product to play even if it never fully is fully finished whereas kickstarter you put money in and then they might just take your money and fucking run <laughs> yeah there's been a few times that's happened isn't there yeah but... it has indeed wasn't it cheat a sequel to cheetah men or something that they got several quite famous youtubers to back in it didn't ever materialize Oh, I don't know. I never heard of that. That sounds brilliant. <laughs> and then it, it's things like that where, you know, these video gaming YouTubers spend time promoting it and they kind of like put their reputation accidentally through the ringer because then people don't trust what they say or they get backlash or... And it's like, it's not a position I'd want to find myself in. I don't think I'd ever... No, it's, endorse it's, something like that. No, I wouldn't. In, I wouldn't endorse a like. I wouldn't be recommending someone back a game uh, like that. Like I might. I might suggest like if I've backed a game and uh, that I'm interested in, and I, I might say like, yeah, I backed the game. You know, have a look at it if you're interested. Do it yourself. It's up to you. But I wouldn't be like endorsing something because at the end no. of the day, if it if it goes tits up. <laughs> It's it's and and you've uh, and you're actually a big enough YouTuber or streamer or what have you, uh, where you've got thousands of people listening to you and doing it. Uh, the it's just a you could have a massive negative effect on the on yourself, as well as basically helping con people out a load of money. So yeah. it's best not to go down that road in general. Like, but you never know. You never know. Have you seen the uh, the big bit of? YouTube gamer celebrity gossip at the moment. I have not. Do you know, do you know who Top Hat Gaming Man or Lady Decade are? I have. Uh, I do know. I know Lady Decade is more than Top Hat Gaming Man. He's some form of um, amateur wrestler that went into making YouTube videos where he plays a character that makes out he's a bit posh. 
And what I mostly know her for on Twitter, she does these things where she'll hold up a master system and go like, isn't the NES great? And then people like message going, oh, you're stupid, that's a NES. But she obviously knows what it is. It's a sort of prank thing. Yeah. And they made a video and they used some photo somebody had took or something or some painting of a Ray Harryhausen related thing. Yeah, I it was remember. It to do with a beast. Yeah. Um, I've not seen the <laughs> thing, enough. so um, you know, I've only seen the the aftermath. But essentially, he sent them a cyst and desist type letter wanting five hundred quid. And then she went on to make a video where she's doing the like, you know, when they do the YouTube apology and they cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit like that, but she's crying and saying how poor she is and she's got no money and this could affect her kids. And she's got about three grand of gaming technology on shelving behind her in front of her crying saying she's poor. So you can tell the field day people have obviously had with that. Yeah. People I can... have <laughs> I can value check the entire wall. and. Yeah, I can completely understand people doing that in a way, though. If you're on there saying, look, I can't pay this bill of £500, and they probably do get, like, because they are pretty big, in they, on YouTube? Yeah, uh, and believe. there's so both they, of them, and, they you get, know, ad revenue and stuff. Yeah, so you'd think they'd get some money from that. And if you're in front of a wall of games where it's worth several thousand, you can't turn around and say, I haven't got no money. Yeah, it may be a collection, and you may not want to sell it. Like, I wouldn't want to sell my games. I've got no, some no, games that are probably worth a bit of money, but if I'm that strapped, I will sell my stuff. Like, I've got Panasonic Q, uh, and I'm not sure. Last time I looked on eBay, they were like 600 quid. If I needed 600, uh, 500 quid that badly, I would just say, anyone want to buy this for 500 quid? And I would do it. Like, we've been, oh, me yeah. and the missus have been strapped for things before, and I'm like, I'll just sell my stuff. And she's like, I don't want to sell your stuff. And I'm like, at the end of the day, selling my stuff and making sure we're all okay is a lot more important to me than keeping my consoles or games. There are more important things in life. And I think yeah. you should, you know, uh, take a hit to your pride, sell your shit, and move on. Exactly. I mean, it's easy. I mean, I say it's easy. Obviously, there's a lot of money involved, but you can always try and get the thing back later. Whereas if you've got a bill that's going to cost your house or you know, hurt your family, pay that off and worry about other things later. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, agree the, with that. I completely agree the with general that. attitude really, isn't it? Yeah. At the end of the day, I think going on camera crying, saying about how you need to uh, pay a bill that's, which is £500 and then bringing your children into it, I think is a bit on the wrong side. Yeah, it's like using your kids as a weapon. It it just doesn't. It's not really good, is it? Nah, it's not a good look. Which is a shame because I actually uh did watch. I have watched a couple of Lady Decade videos uh, a while back. I I don't follow them on YouTube. It's just sometimes I'm going through Twitter, like something will come up, and I'm like, oh, I'll check that video out, and I've done that. Uh, and they were always all right. Yeah. I mean, I only saw him. Because I like Guru Larry a lot, and I've followed a lot of his stuff. And mm. I like Ashens and um, Kim Justice and um, Octavius. And it's like, you get stuck in a circle, don't you, where they show you stuff that's on the same kind of lines. Yeah. And obviously, like, his and her stuff have popped up when I've viewed those people's stuff. It's gone, you've liked that as about this. 
but I've never got very deep into it. I've always no. like gone oh, that. That was all right. I'll go back to some at Larry now. Or yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've I've not seen anything of Kim Justice. I do follow them on Twitch, and I think I'm subscribed to them on YouTube. But I just don't watch a lot of stuff. And when I do watch Twitch, it tends to be people from G Arcade before anyone else. Uh, because that's what I do. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's um, nice to support people you know, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, I I watch Guru Larry Guru Larry videos from time to time. Um, Ashens, I think I subscribed to them, but I I don't I've I've never watched a YouTube video of Ashens. I've seen him in like other stuff where he's been yeah. with like the people from Digitizer, um, and things like that. But I've been in I've been in Ashens streams on Twitch watching so. You know, it's like a, a, while I may follow them on both, I tend to watch them on one thing. Sometimes I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's not it's not a good thing to be doing at the end of the day. I can understand people. Uh, you know, they they may have needed some money, and at the end of the day, they were in the wrong using something copyrighted. Uh, and if they were called on, you just have to you just have to pay it off. Uh, you yeah, can't. I mean, you can't say no. I. I'm not in the wrong when when you are. I've never had a uh, financial hit from it, but I've had videos took down. I've had people argue that something's theirs and not for use, or I've not used it right, or can I yeah. take it down and put it back up altered with this second cut out? It's it's like par for courses of doing this sort of stuff. Yeah, and um, you know it's a risky take. Yeah, I've had things blocked. The last thing I've blocked was actually the podcast. It was episode three with Doom Prinny, where we were talking about anime. I used the trailer footage for Chainsaw Man and One Punch Man, and it was uh, oh. blocked worldwide because of um, copyright infringement. And like, well, I was I was t- telling people about it on Twitch. Like, I was like, oh yeah, I've just had to take it down and put images up instead of the programs, and that was fine. Um, it, it went it went up fine, but they were like, surely that should be fair use because you're actually discussing the thing you're talking about. And I was like, yeah, it don't matter. Like, it's annoying, yeah, because I've had to re-edit yeah. it. But it was only taking out a couple of clips and putting an image there instead. My so, last one was similar. I uh, I showed footage of Ric Flair's comeback matches just at seventy something, and was discussing it and how dangerous it is, and. Basically, I got a hit from a company that said they own the rights to the footage. And I just put up what I'd said over the top of video game wrestling footage. And I thought, yeah. you know, that's the best thing I can do. That avoids getting in more trouble, but I can still say what I think. You know, you find a way, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I just used an image of uh, Saitama and an image of the guy from Chainsaw Man. I forget his name. I have read some of the manga, but uh, yeah. You know, and then I also had Battle Angel Elite footage, and I thought just in case they do, someone turns around and goes, "You're not allowed that up on there," and I thought I'm not editing it again. I'll just put an image there as well. <laughs> My taste in anime makes me seem pretty darn old because it's all Guy King, um, Grandizer, Dangard Ace, Vampire on a Day, Fist of the North Star. And a lot of people look at you and go, well, what's all that? Do you know what Naruto is? <laughs> yeah. uh, I know what Naruto is, and I know what Fist of the North Star is. Uh, I don't know what the other ones are. Like, I, like the, the oldest anime I, I can remember watching is probably something like Gaiva from, I think it was the 80s. Oh, I love Gaiva. 
I preferred the remake of Gaiva, but you know, when they redid Gaiva, we followed the manga closer. Yeah. In like the 2000s, but that was really good. But it never got renewed for a second season, and I was very, very disappointed. No, so. I was going to say both times. I mean, I think the first one they did was 12, 25 minute episodes, and then the new one wasn't much more than that. No. So, it, you know, it's never got beyond a certain point in the story. Yeah, exactly. But it's disappointing, to say the least. At the end of the day, I would like more. Should have just read that manga. Yeah. Let <laughs> have gone further into it. Uh, brilliant. We've been talking for 28, well, 29 minutes now uh, about what we've been playing, even though uh, we kind of deviated from currently playing into some kind of topical news. Um, <laughs> I was going to suggest, uh, as we didn't have any proper news to discuss like we would normally do, because I, I did look online, I couldn't really find anything. Uh, so I thought we could just get onto. The next subject, which is We Play Together. And the game for We Play Together is Tiny Kin. Uh, it is on, I think it's on Xbox. I think it's on all platforms, isn't it? Including PC. So yeah. PC, Switch, PS5, Xbox, series consoles. And uh, it's, it's, it's an indie game, I believe. Uh, Made by 11 people. Eleven people did it. Eleven so, people. Yeah, damn, it's a good game. <laughs> I was I was massively surprised. I mean, I'd finished it and then I read the team that made it, Splash Team, and you can go on their page and it brings up pictures, and I counted it and then no no, no I counted it and it was yeah eleven people. It That's feels really cool. like more people worked on it. Yeah, definitely, it's a very polished game. I did have some issues with it. Um, uh, basically, when I was playing around the PC, uh, it would on, on two occasions, I would start a new level and it would obviously, uh, the bug guy, I forgot his name, he talks to you and then like another person talks to you, you need to do these things and then we'll help you with the item you want. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And then I'd wait and then like the guy would fly off and then I'd still be stuck there. I couldn't move or anything. So what I would do is, is I would exit to, uh, to Windows, put my Xbox on, load the game up there, get past that a little bit, then go back to go on my PC. The reason why is, is because uh, I don't know how you played it. One of the things was in certain places, the game would get a bit choppy. Um, like the frame rate would uh, dip a bit on the Xbox mm. Series X, uh, so but when I was playing on the PC, it ran really really smooth. I didn't have that issue, so I don't know why because my PC is like six odd years old, so I don't know if it's uh, so I don't think it's a power difference in it. I think maybe no. it's just needs to be a little bit optimized better for the Xbox. Maybe I played um, about ninety percent on the laptop and about ten percent on the. Xbox and my laptop is a uh, i5 with about 12 gigabytes of DDR4 
and a built-in graphics card, so it's not very, you know, it's a, it's more yeah. of a write-in laptop. Yeah, that's fair enough. But yeah, apart from those two issues, the what bit where it would like for some reason freeze up, like the like the cutscene would end but not end basically. Uh, apart from that, and like a tiny bit of uh, a frame drop, there wasn't really anything I could say was bad about the game uh in a technical sense um what did you think of the game though because that's what we're interested in it really really reminds me of a crossbreeder two nintendo games the obvious first one is pikmin yeah because yeah you know you're getting little creatures and you're throwing them at problems and that is essentially <laughs> that i described this game or pikmin yeah the other one was chibi robo because yeah. obviously in Chibi Robo, you're a little robot and tables and chairs and lamps are massive compared to you. So you're looking at the same sort of giant world, which you can obviously recognize as a house, but you know, your wine glass is four times bigger than you. And so it really sort of had me thinking of both Pikmin and Chibi Robo. And when I first started playing it, I kind of just wanted to put it down, leave it, forget about it and go play Pikmin 3 again. <laughs> um, which you know but it grew and grew on me as I got further into it I appreciated it more for what it is and sort of stopped trying to compare it to Pikmin yeah I think that's the instant comparison people will go with as it is it's very Pikmin like and it is in the sense of the creatures and things but because I, th I think because of the different style and gameplay itself uh, with the whole platforming and so on, uh, it's got a very different feel. And I, I, I would agree. Like I haven't played a lot of Chibi Robo for the GameCube, but I have played it, and it does feel like those two had a baby, and uh, Tinykin was born. <laughs> but uh, I, one thing I'm wondering is, is do you know the, there's there's various types, obviously, of of uh, Tinykin. The Tinykin name of the game yeah. is actually the little creatures that you uh, use uh, and follow you around. Um, like in Pikmin, it's the Pikmin that you follow around. It's not called Captain Olimar, it's called Pikmin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, in, I can't remember in Pikmin, because I know you can get explosive, you can get explosive Pikmin, can't you? Um, or do they pick something up to blow up? They pick up a bomb that they throw. Ah, right, that'd explain it. Because in Tinykin, the Tinykin themselves blow up. And yeah. when they blow up, you lose them. They, they die. <laughs> you don't get them back. Which that feels very weird, doesn't it? Just sending a poor, innocent little creature to its death to yeah. meet your end sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Pikmin actually showed you their little, like, ghosts move up out of their body, and you kind of went, oh, I got one of them killed. Yeah, oh. yeah. This is just like, nah, I'll just, just chuck them into... Oh, look, there's a there's a bit of nectar on the f uh, behind there. I need to throw ten of these ti uh, tiny little shits at there. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, they dare. Let's carry on collecting my nectar. <laughs> and it's oh, funny, isn't it? Because you, you kill them all and they all still follow you about and bounce around and look like they're smiling. And you're like, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing, though. That none of the others die. It's just the ones that explode. Because um, 
unlike the uh, unlike Pikmin, then there's no combat or anything. It's literally all platforming, uh, puzzle solving, uh, and that kind of thing. So you actually have like your tiny kin, basically for the purposes of get into a new area, carrying things, making bridges and what have you. Whereas in Pikmin, it's like, oh no, there's a big thing coming towards me. Let's chuck my strongest Pikmin at it to kill them. I mean, uh, that is the two areas this really varies from Pikmin. Is one, there's no enemies to kill. And two, you don't have the time limits. Because Pikmin yeah. was like, oh my God, I've got so long as a day. I've got yeah, to get yeah. here, kill that, get that, get back. And it was like, kind of stressful at times but also exciting yeah i think they removed it for the second and third one they? the time limits i thought it was only in the first one there was a time limit on pikmin could be wrong it has been a long time since i played pikmin and um i think there's a time limit in pikmin 3 ah, right. i just don't think it's as daft or i certainly uh... know there is bits with time limits because i remember there's there's a boss that chases you and you have to get back before it reaches you and Nah. So there's still stress, but yeah. obviously Tinykins has gone for this explore as long as you want. And I mean, you can't die either, can you? You fall from the top height, you kind of go splat and just reappear again. Yeah, you just respawn. Uh, so, you know. It, uh, death is not really that much of an issue. And I think it works with this kind of game because it's more about um exploring your surroundings and working out these uh simple puzzles uh and i think dying and having to do everything you've just done again would be pretty annoying in this kind of game and i i think that yeah um i think it would detract from the purity of just exploring and doing your your shit like <laughs> The thing I noted when you're playing it is I think some of the stuff they talk about is quite deep. There's like, it feels like commentary on like rich and poor and religion and. Definitely. And I really didn't expect that. I was like, wow. Um, I'm Definitely. now having lessons about religion's tolerance from bugs. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, not knocking any of it. I think it, it all feels like it's put together well thought of and they're trying to provide a you know a good message yeah personally about learning to live together exactly yeah for me um i think it, it does bring up social differences and social classes and religion and things but while it does bring them up it doesn't feel forced and i think no. that's the main thing about it it feels kind of natural in the context of the game, the way it is, like throughout the entire game, while it, I know I'm saying it's not false, but throughout the entire game, there is a whole religious aspect behind the bugs and Ardwin, I think the name is, um, which is basically their god, um, but basically the person who owned the house. <laughs> but um, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's trying to throw like religion down your throat. Like it does have like a social commentary going on about many things, but 
it's done in a way that uh, uh, while it can make you think, it's also done in a way that's funny a lot of the time because there's yeah. quite a bit of comedy in there. Like one um one of the bugs' names is Party Pooper, and it's, and it's like a bug who lives in one area and the room next door. They party a lot, and he doesn't like it. It's just, it's just there are a lot of lot of things in there that are funny. I know Party Pooper for the name of a dung beetle is quite immature to laugh at. Yeah, it's funny, like you know, there are it is genuinely comedic in in a lot of the things it does, and I think the social commentary with the comedy is uh, one of the things it does really well. It kind of makes me think of how a lot of Doctor Who was. How if you're talking about bugs or purple aliens or you can say things that if you sat down and said them about people would come across as preachy. But like hidden in science fiction, it it just comes across as a good story. And if you want to take a moral message from it, you take it. And if you're not into that sort of thing, you can almost ignore it and just take it as a base story. Yeah, I think that is actually... Like, talking about Doctor Who specifically, man, uh, that is one of the things that a lot of people are complaining about with the newer stuff, is that it's too preachy, it's, it's gone woke, and so on and so forth, because of the whole uh, message it pulls across. But... Doctor Who, since pretty much it began, have always had um, messages behind a lot of the stories. Well, a uh, lot of uh, Sylvester McCoy stuff was like anti-Thatcher kind of uh, stuff. And it's... everybody accepted that and they never went, oh, into Doctor Who preachy. They're just like, yeah, okay, yeah. That's the point though, isn't it? It's like, at the end of the day, it's always been um it's always ha had uh a message behind it doctor who has and i don't know why all of a sudden it's kind of made out to be a new thing for the show because it, it's, it's, it's always been there i think some people think perhaps it's um not as subtle as it used to be but then that's up to personal interpretation really yeah yeah um you know, some of us were watching the earlier stuff as kids, so maybe you didn't pick up on it because you were 12 and you were just concentrating on Daleks and now you're older and you're a bit more world-wise, you see it more. Yeah, exactly. That could very well be it. When you're younger, you don't pick up on things. Like a lot of jokes in children's films are, are for adults. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny to you for different reasons. As a kid, you're like, ha 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 ha, and the parents are like, oh my god. God, did they really just say that? <laughs> did they just imply that? Uh, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, um, I never realised. I used to watch Howard the Duck a lot when I was young, and I know that film's slated now, but I still love it. And there's a bit at the start where he crashes through a wall and you see a female duck with her duck boobs out. <laughs> when you watch it now, you go straight to it and you're like, that duck had breasts. But as a kid, I watched that film ten times, and I never noticed that once. <laughs> you just you're not programmed, are you, to sort of think about that? Exactly. Yeah. You're just oh, it's exciting. He's crashing through a wall, and whereas probably the parents at the time were probably like, "What have we took our kid to see?" <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty crazy. 
the differences between a, a an adult and a, and a child with what they'll pick up like you know yeah. but uh there you go uh so um how much did you enjoy tinykin overall then quite a bit i like i said at the start it felt like a bit of a slog but towards the end i was really into it um, uh, but i do, i do think it it ended at the right place its length was good it didn't have much filler or much padding it kind of just got to a natural conclusion and went the end yeah and there are things you can go like i didn't get everything in the game i never 100 percent games but if you are that type of person there are things to go back and collect and do like i didn't uh for example one of the things to collect are is pollen to make nectar uh yeah. you don't make the nectar some bug whose name i forget makes the nectar from pollen you say in the first area you need a thousand pollen. Once you get that um, and give it to the bug, he then goes, well, hey, cool, uh, we've made the nectar. It gives you an upgrade. Uh, then there are still there is still more pollen to collect, even though I don't think it's used for nectar. There is still more to collect. I think it goes from like 1,000 to 1,200. So there's more to find. It's just where they are, I don't know. Um, there's also like like you have your main mission, which is to collect pieces for uh, a, a a blueprint. Uh, you the, like you get told this is a blueprint. Uh, we can build yeah. the item on the blueprint if you go collect these five or six things. I can't remember how many six I think. So when you go to each different area of the house, uh, you have your one bet. In there, then you'll have like your objectives to get that piece. So it'll be like collect this, 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 and this. But then also you'll have people dotted around who will give you like little side objectives. Yeah, and they are usually quite fun. Uh, especially the uh, well, I don't think the objective itself. Where you find these masked people, uh, and you've got to get a, a special gem. I think they call it. So you get that for them. I don't think that is quite fun in because it's just like, oh, you need to glide to this place and that's about yeah. it. Uh, what I think is quite fun is the way they are, the way they speak. <laughs> because they quite, like, they don't seem villainous. Like, one of them is like a Robin Hood-style bug and he's, like, stealing it to give to the poor and uh, one of them is just a klutz and one of them's like, oh, you need to go in there and get this and it turns out, like, uh... Well, I don't really want to say about what they do because at the end of the day, it's too many spoilers if I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've, I mean, I think a lot of the enjoyment in this game is just seeing what happens when you give people certain things, where the story goes. And it, it does become hard sometimes to review some things without totally ruining them. And I do yeah. think people should go out and try this, particularly if they've got Game Pass, because, you know, what are you going to lose a few hours? Yeah, it's pretty, uh, fairly short. I think I put in about five hours, I think. So it's fairly short. It's not like an hour-long game, but it is fairly short. It's, and it, like you said, it doesn't outstay as welcome at all. Um, the story went a little, like, different towards the end to how I expected. Um, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> like, it explains certain things about 
things and it's like ah right okay so that's how this became this and that i was really expecting like one extra level because you get a lot of games that go haha you thought you'd finish me here's your last level so it was late one night and i saved turned it off went yeah. to sleep thinking that i can't do another level or i'll be you know up too long when yeah. i woke up the next day and put it on I was literally like two minutes and I'd finished the game. Yeah. And I was like, well, if I'd, if I'd have known that yesterday, I would have just finished it. <laughs> but I uh, thought it was going to pull that, oh, no, you've got to go find an extra thing or here's another world. Yeah. But I was kind of glad it didn't because I do think, you know, I was at the point where I was ready for it to be done. Yeah, that's fair enough. I was really enjoying it. I'd like to go back to it, but... <sighs> too many games and i'm already i've already started the next game for the next episode of the podcast so it's um yeah time 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 is a big factor in things and unfortunately there's not enough of it no Uh, i mean when you've got game pass and stuff like that and then there's all the stuff coming out on the switch exactly you've got to pick and choose a bit haven't you you can't try everything Exactly. And that's my, my thing. See, that's why I'm always like a lot of people like, yeah, I want to get the most out of my game for my money. And that's completely fair. I completely get behind that sentiment. But at the same time for me, it's like, I've got a lot of games. <laughs> I want to finish the boss and move on <laughs> so that I can play the other game. Because at the end of the day, if I've enjoyed the game and got to the final boss, that I, I've got enough out of it. If, if I like yeah. a game could be like like Breath of the Wild, for example, people bang on about that and how long they played in, how it was worth it money. I played it for a lot less than most people. I think I put in like 50 hours, maybe, and finished the game. And that was perfectly fine for me, to be honest. I'm not a massive open world fan. So for me, that was more than enough, uh, though I did put in over 80 hours into Elden Ring. But then people are saying they played out for hundreds of hours. Same with... Um, Breath of the Wild, but then you're collecting Korok poop, and no one wants to collect Korok. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I flit from game to game to game, yeah. and whereas, by example, my missus is one who gets a current obsession. This is the game she loves, and she just plays that and nothing else. It You know, very singular focus, whereas I'm starting and stopping loads at the same time a lot of the time. Yeah, same year. But then... That's why I've got hours clocked here, there, and everywhere on the Switch. And she's got a 1,000 hours on one Switch on Animal Crossing and 500 on another, because that was the game for her for a very long time. Mm. I'd finished playing that. I was, I don't know, 150 hours maybe. Yeah. Which I, I blame on, for me, I've had every Animal Crossing there's been. And they are rehashes of the same thing, aren't they? Yeah, so think, yeah. There's not, the there's not a one, massive difference in them. No, the no. first one had a bit like six hundred hours or something, but everyone since then has sort of halved or, you know, at least gone down a few hundred. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that is a uh, completely understandable because, like you said, like they are more or less the same game each time, even though they're fun and you get into it for a while. You know, it just you just it just peters off, like you know. So there you it's go. the problem, isn't it? What what can they do to reinvent it without ruining it? 
it's a, it's a fine line to walk, isn't it? It's... Yeah, I, honestly, I couldn't answer that question. If you were to ask, if you were to ask me, what could you do to Animal Crossing to, to make it feel fresh without changing it too much? The answer would be, fuck knows. Because honestly, I wouldn't know. <laughs> my complaint with the new one is my complaint with quite a few Nintendo games now. And that is they released about 50% of it and then drip fed the rest. And I mean, they've done that with uh, Mario Football. And that, and it's not just Nintendo. That seems to be the new way, doesn't it? Yeah. Release half a game and just keep patching it. Yeah, the the one good thing is that when some companies do it, is they'll do it in free updates and patches. Yeah. The, then you have the other end of the scale where they'll release half a game and then have to buy DLC to carry on. <laughs> wow, yeah. I mean, it's, there's some games like, you learn, like yeah. Street Fighter and stuff. You're better off resisting the first one. Yeah, because the they'll be <laughs> yeah, they'll be champion and super and super super and turbo and. Exactly. If you can hold out for two years, you can get, you know, the game and all the DLC on one disc or cart and not break the bank. Whereas if you were buying every character as they came out, I'd hate to think how much they cost. The worst oh. one for that, which I never brought because I thought it was too big a sham, The Last Dead or Alive. Uh. Apparently, I think it might be six-ish. There was a thing where you could dye your characters here. And I don't mean buy a coloured wig. You paid to dye their hair. And then if you put it back to the other colour, um, you have to pay to dye it again. No, that's disgusting. And I don't know whether they ever patched it out or changed it, because I know people were going wild about it. But I thought, that is, that's a step too far to anybody. Yeah. And they are one where, when you look at Dead or Alive, there's a million packs for it. And they're all just slightly different dresses for the fighters. Uh, slightly different kung fu bottoms. It's not like a complete different look, and uh, the packs are a ridiculous price. No, nah, uh, no, not for me. <laughs> Keep your bloody DLC costumes and hair dye. <laughs> yep. No. Nah. No. 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 Um. Well, we not far off an hour. Uh. So uh, we can end you. Um. Would you recommend Tiny Kin to people? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, if you've got Game Pass, it's an absolute no-brainer. If you haven't, and you're on the PlayStation or the Switch, I think it's about £25. I'd have to check that, but that's the number that's sticking in my head. Yeah, I think it is about 20, 22, 25. I'm thinking 25 Which, as well. You know, I'd say it's fair. That's It's a decent price. Yeah. It's it's a decent price for it, but if it goes on an offer, uh, and, yeah. definitely, definitely go for it because it is a really good game. It doesn't not stay as welcome as we've said. It plays well. It looks really nice. Um, apart from the two issues I had, which, uh, to be fair, the 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 slowdown is more of an issue for me, I think, because when I was playing on the PC, I was playing at 120 frames per second. So going yeah. to the Xbox and feeling a bit of flow down, you notice it a bit more. Um, and the issue I had with the cutscenes not ending properly happened twice, but only when I was playing on the PC, and I don't know why that was. Um, so it's not like a really buggy game, is what nah. I'm going to say. Like, you have a lot of games that come out, uh, and they're quite buggy. Uh, Which... 
this is the team's second only game. Oh, I think right. when you take that into account, you know, wow. To have yeah. such a polished product that has so few flaws and it be your second game when there's only 11 of you, that's, you know, that's to be commended. Uh, and I, agreed. I can't wait to see what they do next. Their first game is some form of 2D platform, a game where you're shooting some form of paint cannon or something, I think. I only had a brief look. It looked a lot more basic than this one, but I'm thinking if they've gone from that to this, you know, we're next. Step up. Yeah. Uh, and that tip, to be honest, I was lying, there's pl there are plenty of bugs in the game. <laughs> but the insects, not uh, technical bugs. <laughs> uh, but, <clears throat> as we are ended now, is there anything you would like to plug, Kerr? Um, not that I can think of really other than I suppose I've got my own videos up on YouTube and I've got a podcast I've been working on for the Retro Gamer U website it's a very short you know the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes so if you've got a brief slot of time you want to fill on a train or a bus or something you know there's worse things you could do than listen to me there's a few crass jokes in the first one, but I kept them out of the second if you're not into that sort of thing. Uh, so that'd be Q9000 on YouTube. Yep. And Retro Gamer U is the podcast. Yeah. There's video versions of that on YouTube. And I put it up via the Podbean app. I'm pretty sure it appears on Amazon. And I think Heart Radio's podcast thing. Um, I never got around to working out Apple. Me and Apple don't get on. <laughs> I think mine's set up in a way that it just automatically does stuff. I, I don't bloody know. I don't trust anybody that produces a phone that you can't put an SD card in. It's uh, <laughs> with specialist wires, and now they want a thousand pounds for a phone where you have to buy your own power brick separately. It's uh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Turpin wore a mask, that's all I'd say. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that is going to be the end of this episode of Petter's Game Shack. Almost called it the Twitch cast again. <laughs> it's not the Twitch cast. Uh, next episode, we will have a genual on with the game we're going to be talking about is going to be Medieval, which is a PS4 remake of a PlayStation 1 game. So, thank you for checking this out, and thank you, Kurt, for taking part. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. No problem, dude. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. It's funny when you can forget the episode you're doing when it's so early. It's like... Six episodes in, I'm already like, what episode is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, stupid.